We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here today as well. We've got a few things we're going to get to, and then God only knows where this show will go as it, uh, as it leaves the rails and ventures off into a uncharted territory. A crazy train. You just never know. Yeah, crazy train. You never know what's going to happen. We'll start off as a coordinated Amtrak uh, trip, and then we'll quickly, quickly leave uh, the, the, the safety of the rails and see what happens. Um, first, I'll tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Guest, I'm sorry, I started to do a guest thing. 1900, call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. 662-257-1900. And Martin, uh, tell the people how they can get in touch with you all at Pinnacle and what's going on there. Yeah, uh, man, we are, we're grooving. We are back into our groove. And um, of course, markets have cooperated a little bit in the last uh, six weeks or so. So that has been, uh, we haven't fielded, you know, any phone calls where, where folks are nervous. And, um, you know, we had a couple of those phone calls, not a ton, but most of most of our clients are, um, you know, know we've got a plan in place and things like this are going to happen and and not totally derail their plans so they don't lose a ton of sleep at night, um, you know, over volatility. But, uh, man, that's kind of the where it's it's not real sexy. It's not real exciting. It's kind of the planning is kind of the stir the oatmeal type stuff, but that's what helped people uh, sleep well at night. And, you know, I guess a lot of the folks who do it on their own or don't don't have an advisor can get high anxiety when markets are are crazy and out of whack just because um you know it's kind of like if uh you've got a really awesome investment portfolio it's like you have a ferrari but you're driving it blindfolded uh, chances are you're probably going to wreck and destroy your ferrari that's kind of like not having a plan is driving a ferrari blindfolded so uh if you're driving your ferrari blindfolded uh give us a call 601 957 
uh, or you can get us uh, through email at uh, info at mypinnwealth.com. All right, we're going to start here. Boom. Uh, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan was uh, recently, I guess, on a he was on Squawk on the Street, CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Yep, every morning, uh, or Monday through Friday. And he said that the leader of uh, he's the leader of the nation's largest grocer, Walmart. He said sales in the fiscal second quarter got a lift from new customers and more frequent trips from households with an annual income of $100,000 or more. The retailer reported earnings and revenue that beat expectations for the three-month period after slashing its profit outlook last month. People are really price-focused now, regardless of income level, McMillan told CNBC's Courtney Reagan. And the longer this lasts, the more that's going to be the case. Inflation has soared at the highest rate in decades. The price consumers pay for goods and services were up 8.5% in July from a year ago. According to the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, gas prices have declined recently, but grocery prices remain very elevated. Food prices are up 10.9% over the last 12 months. As of July, many everyday items have jumped far higher, including egg prices up 38%, coffee prices up more than 20%. So here's what's interesting. Matt mm. Mullen says That's interesting. prices for food began ticking up late last year, and the company noticed changing shopping patterns for consumers, even at high, higher income levels around mid-March, as people felt stretched by summer vacations or saved up for the back-to-school season. He said they started to buy less apparel and other discretionary merchandise a dynamic that the discounter expects will continue. Plus, he said, he's not sure that food prices have peaked. Yet he said it's a conflicting period when you look across the data. He he also, and I'm looking for this, I'm looking for it in another particular uh, story. He, he says that people are buying more canned goods uh, now than than they, they did before, including... Um, I guess, including people who, as he says, make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I heard that comment. Not, and... This does not match my personal experience. Maybe it does yours. I don't know. Um, and look, I don't, I don't walk around the grocery store looking at other people's carts. In fact, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost trying to look at as few things as possible. That would be kind of weird if you did, dude. I mean, I'm just being <laughs> honest. If you were just a voyeur to other people's grocery carts but that's unless that was your job yeah that's interesting which it's not yeah it's no it's absolutely not I, i'm 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 a mind your own business guy pretty well he says and 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 so we do stay focused on opening price point food items a loaf of bread a gallon of milk a can of tuna mac and cheese protein categories are we helping the family that's at the lower end of the income scale be able to afford to feed their families during this inflationary time well, dude, so I heard that comment and, and Walmart is the most sophisticated retailer in the world, which kind of sounds crazy, you know, for us in the South, like Walmart, it, you, you walk into Walmart and it does not just like uh, ooze out sophistication, right? But we're talking about like how they run their business, how they price logistics, um, you know, all of those things. And they are a master at it. And they generally have a really good pulse on um 
you know, on the consumer, uh, and it, it's essentially how they built their empire with inventories too, with kind of like just in time. It's like they can k- kind of see the trend and they can adapt their inventories or their shelves or, or their layouts. And when I heard that comment too, I heard it, um, actually, I think it was on CNBC cause it just runs in the background, uh, at my office and, are in my office and I heard that comment and that struck me really bizarre um, that, you know, when he said that families making a hundred thousand dollars or more are moving to, um, you know, canned meat products in lieu of fresh meat or, um, you know, or sliced deli meat. And uh, I, so I actually went out, walked out of my office and into the, you know, where my staff is. And, and I just started asking him, I was like, um, are you guys buying like tuna and chicken in a can instead of, uh, you know, a chicken in a, you know, a pack from Sanderson farms or Tyson or, you know, or deli meats or anything. And they all looked at me like I had like 10 eyes in my head. And I was just curious if that was true. And, and not one of them said, yeah, I've changed my spending habits on my groceries. Uh, you know, and, and, and maybe I'm a little bit of a, uh, high maintenance in this regard, but like, I, I find, I, I found a coffee, gosh, in 20, uh, 2010, 2011, when I moved back to Mississippi that I could buy in the grocery store that I like to brew at home. And that's eight o'clock coffee. And the price doesn't really feel like it's changed much in, <laughs> you know, in that, I don't know, however many years, 10 years, 11 year period. Um, but I, I know it probably has but I'm not making an alternative decision on my coffee. Like eight o'clock could go to $20 for a pack where I pay, you know, $10 now for my whole beans. And I'm still buying eight o'clock coffee and I'm not going to stop buying, you know, Sanderson farms or Tyson, you know, chicken breasts or whatever, and go buy, you know, the chicken of the sea or whatever the, you know, chicken in a can is I'll just I'll just cut somewhere else but food is not where and maybe maybe I'm high maintenance maybe I'm not the um you know the average household I don't know we've we never went out much but we've cut that out and I don't know whether that is I guess it's because of cost I mean look every to every trip we make to the grocery store you know and I say we, we never go to the store together. I mean, I'll go to the store or she goes to the store. We're not turning it into like date night. Yeah. It's cost more for sure. But it's cost more. Like whoever does yeah. it comes back and goes, man, holy cow at the price. But I, I, I haven't seen it change our, um, our habits. I'll tell you what it's made us uh, is it's made us more efficient um, with, with food. I think yeah. um, we, we, you know, I think in the past, if you look back, you know, we'd be like, ah, oh, we probably threw away leftovers, you know. Now, I'll give you an example. My son likes, and, he, and number one, he's almost 16. Number two, he plays on two soccer teams, and he has personal training. So, cat's burning calories, right? Yep. And yep. Um, You've got a human gar- garbage disposal living in your house. He likes me to fix these, uh, basically, steak sandwiches for him. And so every Sunday, you got room for one more. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Every Sunday, I do a uh, a tri tip 
Get it at LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. Precious cuts. If you're coming through Oxford, stop at LB's. Um, I get I get a couple of try tips from LB's. I I cook them on the big green egg on indirect heat. Uh, get them nice and juicy. Let them rest half an hour, and then I slice it as thin as I can. And every morning, pretty much every morning, I will make him a um, a steak sandwich. Bread, steak, cheese, jalapenos. Every once in a while, some mustard. Usually not. And um, anyway, this week, for example, he had a couple of days where one day, he on Tuesday night when he got back from uh, soccer, my wife Laura had made him some, I guess, chicken quesadillas. And he really liked that. And he's nice. like, He's like, hey, can you make me one more of those? And, and it can be my lunch tomorrow. And so she's like, sure. And so obviously he didn't have a steak sandwich that day. And so my point is, is that we're going out of town this weekend. And so we need to use the leftovers. So I'm going to, at some point today, take the steak that's left, chop it up as thin as, as, as fine as I can and make steak quesadillas of them. Right. Nice. Where in the past, I think we probably would have just, well, just chucked it, chucked it, right? I mean, you know, and whatever. I think now we're 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 more efficient, and I don't know whether that is. I guess that's financially based because we it's in the back of our mind that food costs have risen. But sure, <clears throat> and I find it interesting. I will say this: I find it interesting that they say that about people who make over a hundred thousand. I have caught myself in the grocery store saying two things to myself, which, which one is, wow, I'm really thankful that I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, that I can, yep. that this is not punishing me. And I've thought about people who are on a fixed income, particularly someone who let's say makes $40,000 a year and that's what they make. Yeah. Or I, like I, retirees I, that are, you know, all they have is social security and yeah, they do get a cost of living adjustment at the end of the year, but it's not, that, it's not making that, up for this. No, and it doesn't help them inside of the year. Yeah, and so you know, when I, things are actually rising, I do wonder about those people. Like, how are you doing this? Because sure, and, and now those people, I would think, are having to make decisions in the grocery store. Yep. And how that is not a bigger story in our country right now is beyond me. And it, it's frankly, it's mind boggling that well, that's and, not a bigger story. And I would think that. In a situation like, and I may be totally off base and and out of tune with 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 reality. I would think that you would see, like, people buying less of the processed stuff and more. Like, if you've got to stretch your dollar, you know, a little further. But I guess maybe a lot of the processed is less expensive than, uh, you know, than a big pack of chicken and, you know, and veggies and. And fruits and staying out of the middle of the of the grocery store um but like we go to costco and buy because you know we talked about it a couple shows ago you know jen and i have this little competition going on with each other for you know her 40th birthday is is um is in a few months and we're uh we're gonna we were supposed to take a trip for our anniversary during covid and we didn't uh so we rotated it to her 40th birthday and anyway um We've been not eating healthy is not the right word. We've been tracking what we eat, but I found myself kind of similar to what you said, uh, 
recycling more was like she'll cook a batch of chicken uh you know at night and you know and everybody eats off of it and then i save about three four ounces of the chicken breast and uh you know for the morning and in the morning i get up and i reheat in a skillet those chicken breasts and put egg whites in there and roll it up in a tortilla and i have a a little breakfast burrito of egg white chicken breakfast burrito instead of eating you know a bowl of frosted flakes which was what i used to do uh yeah you know, frosted flakes and a cup of coffee was my my breakfast and now it's a uh, you know the faye yogurt with strawberries blueberries or peaches uh a chicken egg white burrito and a cup of coffee and i've got bam almost 50 grams of protein for my morning and very little carbs and very little fat and and that's changed dude i'm down 25 pounds look at right you now i know I, I know you can't see this but i used to be on my i had one i was at the last ring on my belt i'm on number four right now that's awesome like man. i don't know how many inches that is i probably measure it it's but uh, my pants are falling off of me and yeah it's a stylish it's, shirt you have on by the way i like i, I, I love the buttons <laughs> no, no seriously i like the, the, Thanks, the blue dude. buttons it's very nice um yeah that's good yeah no look and that's just been a byproduct of me making good food choices, not necessarily uh, about cost, but dude, it also, you want to talk about costs. Like if I shed the weight that I've got and get back to my, you know, race weight, I mean, that saves me healthcare costs in the long run, big time. I haven't calculated it, but there's, there's no bigger failure in our society. And we have a lot of societal failures. Like we fight about everything in our society. And yet the one thing that we can't ever all get on the same page about is teaching our young people the truth about food and how to eat healthy and the benefits of eating healthy. This is not fat shaming because I've been a fat guy. And right now I'm, I'm in pretty good shape and the blood work is totally different. It's one of the things that kind of, um, it, it's, not to get on the whole COVID thing at all, but where we blew it as a society in, in the two and a half years is not taking, no matter what you think of COVID, what you think of the response to COVID, the one thing that I think we all agree on is that in March of 2020, when we didn't know exactly what it was we were dealing with, I'm not convinced a few people didn't, but we didn't as a society for the most part, when we all said, okay, well, let's do what we got to do here. The messaging should have been a whole lot more of, hey, this is an opportunity to get out and exercise. Get out and go for a walk. Here's an opportunity for everybody because everybody's kind of getting what's going to turn out to be a basically a paid vacation here. Go walk. <laughs> go walk. Instead, we closed the parks and kept McDonald's open. True. Said a lot. It said a lot of our uh, health priorities. We well, dude, and we're, and we're paying we're paying for a lot of our COVID sins right now. I mean, inflation you can almost yeah. directly, yeah, you know, draw back to all the money pumped in. Yeah, health issues. We haven't even really seen the effects mental health wise of i mean it's starting to show but like the oh, mental health coming. impacts of it's coming of the shutdowns and I, there's a lot that you know we'll be paying for the sins of our fathers for a while but inflation is i think the inflation is the one that's just the most easily 
easy to see and point to at the moment. Yeah, it's almost um, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm certainly not an economist, but it's almost like if you absolutely destroy the supply chain, that there are going to be after effects. It's almost yeah. like if you take the supply chain, kill it, and then try to restart it in some different way, that that's going to result in in negative consequences. Well, and then and then amplify it with <clears throat> pumping a bunch of money into the economy where people have more money they didn't work for. Um, it's like it's easier if. I mean, I'll be totally honest, Neil, if you, if you give me, if you gave me a hundred bucks and said, Hey man, uh, you weren't expecting this. This is, I just want to gift this to you, do whatever you want with it. Um, I'm spending 100% of that hundred dollars on, on something that I want. Right. Sure. Of course. But if it was my hundred bucks that I worked my tail off for, and it's a part of my budget, I'm probably less likely to just frivolously spend it. I might spend some of it save some of it and put some of it towards bills. So what happened was, you know, uncle Neil stopped by the house and gave us billions that we didn't work for. And so we're like, shit, I'll go buy a TV. I, what, I didn't work for that money. And, uh, but there were less TVs because of the supply chain issue. So you had the amplification of not only you had inflation from a supply side inflation issue, but then we also have it from demand. So it was like a, it was like a double, I can't say the word I want to say uh, <laughs> on air. Uh, 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 oh man, how do I how do I crawfish out of this? Uh, it was doubly bad uh, for you know for the inflation piece. I was going to use a word that's not safe for work. So yeah, um, it's four letters. Yeah, well, I'm I'm aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, damage was done. It was done intentionally. It was done for uh, political reasons. And then I think what we're seeing today in out there, like I, I just saw something from the World Health Organization, the CDC, these, they just can't, it's, here's a, it's a flaw in our society when people just can't admit they were wrong. Can't say I was wrong. I, I told you this. Yeah. I have, um, I don't have that problem. I can admit when I was wrong. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. I miss on things. You know, when you do what I do for a living and you predict a football season or you predict where a kid's going to commit to and you get it wrong, people throw it back in your face. And so if you can't ever admit you were wrong, it's going to be a miserable existence. If you can't have a little fun with when you were wrong. But one thing where I was wrong and I really, really struggle with it is, you know, I, I let my daughters get vaccinated. I shouldn't have. I knew at the time I had this gut feeling, don't do this. Don't, but, you know, they, they, there was stuff going on. And you see the stuff that comes out now. And it, it's easy to get it's seething angry. But wh where I think I've channeled that anger is saying, I'm not going to listen to these people ever again. I'm, I'm never going to listen to them. So, so you know, when, when people try to come back with all these reasons for inflation, and now we've passed the uh, inflation Reduction Act, which does nothing to in reduce inflation. I mean, nothing. does nothing to reduce inflation. I, you just look at them and realize that you just have to make decisions for yourself, right? And so you have to do things that are that are good for you. And so 
the smart people, and I think I'm one of them, I think we look at the cost of rising food and things of that nature, and, and we make better decisions. You make better decisions. Um, yep. Bottom line. And so if, if you are in the grocery store today and the price of, of, of all this processed stuff is going up and you continue to buy more of it and consume more of it, which makes you addicted to it and want more of it, at some point it's on you. And I think we're getting close to that point. Well, you know, and, and inflation definitely, it shows up. And I think it shows up in different households, different in different ways too. And it's kind of a, you know, right now it's the wet part of the ocean. When you're talking about any part of your, you know, financial life, um, you know, probably the folks who are experiencing it the least amount, I'm just going to draw like big picture, broad strokes, you know, if you own your home, uh, you own your car, or you've financed both of those pieces, those things, you know, a year or so ago, um, and you're not in the market for a new car or a used car or a new home, you're probably not feeling the impacts as much. You know, if you're not traveling for business or you have a job or your business, you know, requires you to travel, um, you know, you're probably feeling a little bit less in hotel room nights and, you know, and, and airline tickets, uh, the the one that that hits all of us is definitely you know gas, and but that impacts everything. It's like that's the first. I don't know. We talked about it last week. It's the first thing that it's the first domino in the in the effect that falls. So if if gas or energy prices rise, everything's price is going to rise because almost every product in my business is not immune from it either. I mean, we've seen. Uh, you know, price increases from vendors, price increases from, you know, energy utilities, price increases for um, the stuff that we have to purchase to run the office, um, you know, even our software, which I still, I guess it's because wages are, are going, we're going up. So even our software stuff is, is, uh, you know, is rising, the cost of that uh, is rising as well. Um, we have not, you know, I know that you said that, that, uh, that the you're you're inflation proof on uh, Rebel Grove, right? Because it hasn't yes. gone. Um, in fact, our prices uh, are the same as they were the day that Washington was inaugurated. It, it's incredible. <laughs> the we just day don't, that Washington was inaugurated. We just don't go up. Um, the price at RebelGrove.com is literally the same as it was during the days of Jefferson. When, when Hamilton and when Hamilton and Aaron Burr were dueling, yes, the day of that duel, it was nine ninety nine ninety nine a month unless you were, and no one could afford it, and unless you had an annual subscription, <laughs> and no one could afford it, and so we had no subscribers. That's right, you had to wait until but here time we are caught today. up with you. Here we are today. You can't get half a Subway <laughs> sandwich for the price of RebelGrove.com, and yet we stick to it, boy. Oh, dude, you're kind of right about that. I mean. You, it's hard to get half a Subway sandwich for the price of of Rebel Grove. Well, what is a Subway sandwich now? I haven't even. I, I have. I, I have no idea. I'm gonna. I'm gonna venture out and say it's probably ten bucks. Okay. I don't know. Hey, here's a it was. For it you. was fun. It was fun to, you know, to entertain that. Here's a story for you. Tell me. Tell me who's right. This is from earlier. I was with CNBC. Now I'm back to the Wall Street Journal. This is. Akane Otani, I'm going. It's spelled differently than Shohei Otani, so I'm going to guess that they're not related. Okay, but uh, in the event that uh, 
Mr. and Mrs. Otani are listening, this is your day. Uh, the Federal Reserve says it is going to keep raising interest rates. Yep. Wall Street thinks it's bluffing. This, uh, Akani says, could spell trouble for both of them. Markets pummeled by the Fed's rate increases in the first half of the year are racing upward. The yep. S&P 500 is up 17%, 17% from its mid-June low. The yield on the U.S. 10-year Treasury note, which is used to help set rates of debt, such as mortgages and student loans, mm-hmm. is down from more than half a percentage point from its June peak. Right. Even, even battered cryptocurrencies have jumped. Yep. For many investors, the rebound reflects a belief that inflation has peaked, an expectation that the Fed will shift from raising rates to lowering them sometime next year. Mm. A parade of Fed officials has tried to push back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a disconnect between me and the markets, Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashgari said last yep. week. An expectation the Fed will start cutting interest rates in the next six to nine months isn't realistic, Mr. Kashgari said. It is more likely the Fed will, quote, raise rates to some point, and then we will sit there until we get convinced that inflation is well on its way back to 2%, yep. end quote, he said. If the Fed follows that path, Martin, markets are likely to face a painful reckoning, one that could unwind much of the recent rally and extend what has been a tumultuous stretch for investors from retail traders to hedge funds to pension funds. Last thing, we think the market is getting ahead of itself, said We Lee, Global Chief Investment Strategist at BlackRock Incorporated. I know there's a lot there, but tell me what comes to mind. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on the Neil Kashkari, uh, you know, boat. I, I don't think, I don't think the feds cutting, um, you know, another thing that just happened, I think it was today jobless came claims were released. They came in lower than expected at like 250,000 versus 260,000, which means that we still have a hot labor market, uh, which translates into fed is not slowing down on, you know, if, if, if jobless claims went up, then that shows signs that, Hey, we're having some you know, struggles in, uh, you know, in the economy, businesses are slowing down on hiring decisions. But like right now, I think there are still um, two job openings for every, um, you know, unemployed person. And, and it's just hard. So I say that, and this is where the tea leaves get really muddled and difficult to read. On one hand, we've got a really good job market. And, you know, but, on, and then, and then folks are talking about how, you know, we're in this recession or things are awful. And I'm like, nope, those two, one plus one does not equal two there. You can't be in a God awful recession and the economy be, you know, total shit when we have super low unemployment and demand for, for work. Now, I'm not saying that this is, you know, that we're in great shape and everything's all, you know, is good. Cause that, that's not the case either. Um, you know, we're not, it's not fantastic and it's not awful. I think we're somewhere in the muddy middle, but I also don't think the fed is going to pivot when there is, you know, when, when it's, when unemployment is still low and inflation is still relatively high. Now inflation abated last month because energy prices came down, but core inflation really didn't change. It didn't move. So I, to me, I think that that means the Fed is going to go ahead in September with another hike, which we thought they were anyway. Um, the only thing I don't know, and we'll know a little bit more as we get a little closer, is, you know, they've been doing 75 basis points or three quarters of a percent. Are they going to peel it back to a half a percent? Are they going to peel it back to, you know, to a quarter of a percent or 25 basis points? Um, I think those are possibilities but I think we're still going to get a hike, um, you know, this year. And then if we see inflation kind of abate and come down, um, I think they're going to hold steady. I don't think that they're going to drop rates because dropping rates is just going to get us right back into the situation that we're moving out of with, you know, with, with inflation, um, you know, at a, at a higher level. So I think we're going to, I think they'll stay the course and hold rates for a while and if we do actually figure out we are in a recession and, and the recession gets tough, I think that's when you start seeing the Fed start stimulating the economy again. It's like right now we've got a, it's like a wildfire burning. Inflation is like a wildfire. They're trying to put the fire out. And the tool that they have, the water out of the hose is raising interest rate. That, that, chuck, that chokes the oxygen out of the room to try to help put the fire out. So essentially, if we said, hey, they're going to lower rates, that would mean like they were pumping pure oxygen into a 
you know, into a burning flame, which is just going to, you know, make it bigger and make it hotter and, and make it spread. So I don't think that it's going to abate. I know you're right. When you say that, that they being the fed and the fed is, is, is an apolitical or is supposed to be a, a committee, a, yeah, a, a political committee, but the federal open markets committee. That being said, when, when, when people say, well, they're doing what they can to stop inflation, a part of me was, like, but, but, but they in quotes aren't. Because yeah, they have very limited tools. Right. Some of the things that, that the government, if you would, if you will, can do to stop inflation, they just won't do it. I mean, they're, 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 they won't do it. And there are things that you could do that would change some of the issues that we have. I mean, one is become energy independent at home quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that would certainly help with the energy side of, of inflation. And those are the tools that, you know, even Jay Powell, the energy side affects so many things, everything, not so many, everything. It impacts everything. And so uh, that's, that. this is the maddening thing about like right now in this place we are in our, in our country's history is that we are, we are making decisions based on a utopia and not on a reality. Right. Well, in the Federal Open Markets Committee, who makes the decisions, you know, it's a, it's a board of Fed governors. It's not all of the Fed governors, but it's a, you know, it's it's a cluster of of a, of a of a pretty large chunk of them. The only tool that they have, like if you are a carpenter and you're building a, you know, cabinets, and you're the Fed, all you have is a hammer, right? So if you need a sure. screwdriver, you you don't have the screwdriver. All you've got is a hammer. So you're going to keep hammering away at the only tool that you have, the energy tool, they don't even have in their belt. That's really a Congress and white house. That's a policy tool that, that our, our government could make the decision of pulling that tool out and changing policy, energy policies uh, that would impact, you know, what that could impact the cost of or becoming energy independent and the costs of, of, uh, you know, fuel and gasoline and natural gas. The Fed doesn't even have access to that tool. And that was the thing Jay Powell was saying in his testimony. And and it was, it was, it was really irritating for me to listen. And I know that our senators and Congress people are not stupid, even though like, I'm like, Oh my God, they're so stupid. Like they're intelligent people. Um, or else they generally not generally, if you're not intelligent, you're not going to get elected to office. I mean, you have to have smart. So I don't, you know, I'm not giving them a pass on intelligence, but they would just ask these stupid questions about, you know, why aren't you doing everything that you can to bring down energy costs? And as respectful as he could, he's looking, Jay Powell is looking at these guys going, you're, you have that tool. I don't have that tool. You're asking me to use a drill. That was a good analogy. That was totally on accident. You're asking me to use a drill to fix energy and all the only tool that I, you have invested me with you, the people of America have invested me with is a hammer. I can't make a hole like you need it to be made with a hammer. It's just not going to happen. So they have to Congress, you know, the house, the Senate, the white house, they have the, the drill tool. Right. And they're so, not changing. That would make, I mean, could you imagine if Biden came out and said, well, 
we're going to reverse course on our green new deal or green energy and all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're killing our OPEC relationship and, uh, we're just going to consume what we have or what we can get out of the, you know, ocean floor, you know, from fracking or what we have in reserves. And we're going to burn coal and, and pump oil. I mean, he would lose his party. He might, but it's the right thing to do. Right. He might wrap up reelection. <laughs> well, uh, yes, that's, that's probably true. Um, I mean, but it's kind of, he's in a weird, almost moral dilemma or political dilemma to where the right thing to do is 180 degrees from what they've built their base on. But the right thing to do is a middle ground. And that is what's wrong with our, with where we are politically is that we, there is no middle ground. The, the right thing to do is to say, and I've, I've said this before, so I'm being repetitive, is, is to say, okay, look, we have a climate crisis. It's probably not as much of a crisis as we're making it out to be, but we've got to do something about it. And at some point, we've got to stop our dependence on fossil fuels. Okay. But right now, we're really dependent on fossil fuels. And if we mm -hmm. try to do this in a way that is, is hurried, we're going to inflict pain. But what we could do is we could take some of our best and brightest, right? And we could put them on um, that project, if you will. Put them on that project and then say, so we're going to be, on one hand, feverishly working towards a day where we're using less fossil fuels, using more um, whatever it is. But in the meantime, we're going to become energy independent here and lower our prices and make this easier and make our, make our economy stronger. But see, if they really cared, Martin, about all of it, if they really cared about all of it and it weren't, but this is talking about both parties. If they really cared, we would hear a lot more about, hey, we really need to be having more conversations about nuclear fuel. We don't have, we don't, nuclear energy. We don't have those conversations. Instead, we have, we have, one is, 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 uh, is fossil fuels and the other is, nope, everybody needs to be driving a, a, a Tesla, as unrealistic as that is. It's, and so it's, it's utopia versus reality instead of, hey, a reality with an eye to the future. Yeah, well, we're, I mean, I'm, and we're not rooted in in reality much as a society uh, at the moment. No, of because not. not even a know, little you, bit. Yeah, you hear the push for electric, and I, dude, I think electric is cool. I I got to, I had to take my truck for um, recall uh, work to be done, and the Great Annuals Lincoln dealership over here in Brandon, um, you know, took my truck and they gave me a loaner, and they gave me an F one fifty Lightning, which I just thought it was so cool as a loner. Um, and it was awesome, dude. I, it was a, it was my truck, but it was electric and the torque on it. The speed on it was incredible. Um, you know how many miles it got to a full charge? A couple hundred, 200. Yeah. So I drove from Brandon over to my office, which is, 
uh probably 30 ish miles um you know drove to my house um and then you know at the end of the day i drove back to the dealership and uh you know and i had put um you know 110 miles on the truck that day uh and i asked him you know i was like how long does it take to you know fully charge this thing back up if i'm stopped and he told me you know probably about 30 or 40 minutes and i was just like dang dude that's a it's not real. I wouldn't take that on my, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't take it on a road trip. I mean, 200 miles on that truck. I can't, that's a, that's a, that's a drive around town car. I'm not driving it anywhere outside of, I'm not taking it on a road trip. No, that's exactly. I'm trying to be efficient with time. That's exactly what it is. And so if you are, you know, a, a family that has a, a, where you just drive around, basically in town and at the end of each day you've got this window of opportunity called nighttime to to charge (laughs) to charge your vehicle yeah that makes all the sense in the world yeah makes all the sense in the world but you and i've done this show before but if you're the guy who is working let's say you're based in um well dude if you're me i go see clients in tupelo and oxford on the coast and mobile it doesn't work louisiana dallas it 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 doesn't work it's not efficient for me. If you're the guy that's the salesperson based in, in Dallas, and yet you, you've you got a territory that extends all the way to Houston or vice versa, this doesn't work for you. And it we're, and, and might the day come that it does? Sure. Are we there yet? No. Can you force your way to that place? I don't think so. And so to me, it's just flawed. Yeah. And, dude, and I, I loved – the f-150 lightning like i enjoyed driving it it was fun it was cool it was a novelty and i turned it in and the guy his name is steve you know he asked me he's like man how how was it i was like man it was great i, I enjoyed it but i i just realized driving and i have my little deposit put in it was a hundred you know i made a hundred dollar deposit but they haven't filled any orders in mississippi because they're filling the you know east coast west coast first and um he's like he's like you gonna get it and i was like i don't think so man I was like, it was fun to drive, but after I drove it, I realized 200 miles is, this is an inconvenience for me. And I have my F-150 now is the, is the power boost. So it's the hybrid, um, it's electric and gas. And dude, when I'm riding around town, a lot of times, most of my miles are with the electric motor. And I told him, I was like, man, I didn't realize it, but I think I have the best of both worlds right now. And I think I'm just going to keep my truck. Because and the people who are making these decisions right now are people who live on the East Coast and they do not understand. I've said this before and people don't understand what I mean. They, they, they have no idea what a day in the life of a person in Mississippi is. No clue. They, they just don't understand it. They have no relation to it at all. And if, if they could go spend a day in Grenada, Mississippi, they would realize this is not realistic. This is, we're nowhere close. This is nowhere close to reality. Yeah. I mean, like if I had a meeting in Memphis, which is very custom, like it's customary that I've got clients I'm meeting in Memphis or South Haven. So Jackson to South Haven is spot on 190 miles. Um, You know, and so if I have 200 miles, then I have to leave my truck. I would have to leave my truck on the charger fully charged, leave Jackson, arrive to South Haven or Memphis 
find somewhere I can plug it in and charge it while I'm in my meeting and then get finished with my meeting and then go, you know, unplug the truck and go on and then, and then come back home and plug it, plug it in again. I mean, I, th I think until those batteries could get me, you know, even if it was 350 miles or 400 miles, I just, I'm not in. So that's, so here's, here's the, here's the comparison, Martin, a tank of gas in a Ford F-150, I, I own one, is going to typically get me 550 miles. Yeah, that's my truck too. Okay. Depending so, on how, I, when, and if my if I'm on the hybrid engine a lot, you know, just running around town, I can get 625 out of it. Okay, but here's my point though. 550 miles. If yep. a fully charged electric, the, the lightning, and again, I'm all for it. Go Awesome. But if it only gets me 200, well, until it can give me 550, it's not as efficient. True. And so you work on the technology, but until you get there, you've got to – you can't punish the guy, the worker, who's, who, who, who's driving the F-150 powered by gasoline. Punishing him, and that's what they're trying to do. It makes no sense. Well, and I'm, that was, it was, you know, I know we kind of went off on a rabbit trail there, but that was, that was kind of my epiphany that I had driving the F-150 Lightning. And I love, I mean, and dude, I loved it. It would, if, if there was an F-150 Lightning that could get us the 500 miles uh, and I could get it today, I would try to buy it. It was a really it was a really cool vehicle. Um, and once you knew that the grid was set up where there was going to be plenty of places for you to stop and charge, like when we were in. Yeah, Carson, I might I might even take a little bit of a risk and do it before the grid, <laughs> before the, but I'm a risky. Well, right. But like, here's my point, right? Like it, there's, we were in Vegas and there was a couple places in Vegas that just were full of places where you could charge your electric vehicle. Yeah. So that was convenient. So yeah. Right, if you live in a place like that, awesome. But if you live in a place like Oxford, there aren't nearly as many places to go charge your vehicle. And until you right. make that more convenient, people are people are going to make decisions based on convenience. Yep. Well, and one more little side note, and I'll get off this subject and we can either move on to something else or we might be at wrap up time. So one of my one of my colleagues here, one of my staff members, he's one of our junior advisors. I've been with us for about almost two years. Um our I, one of our mutual friends is she's the general manager at the Tesla, the new Tesla dealership that was um, created over here in Brandon. She's been managing the service um, location for a couple of years. And so uh, he was going on a road trip with his uh, girlfriend to go to her parents' house in Boonville, Boonville, Mississippi, which is, you know, a couple, several hours from, from Jackson, kind of not super, super easy to get to, not a direct route from, from Jackson. And she was like, hey, why don't you take one of the Teslas for the weekend and just tell me how you like it? And uh, so they started planning their trip and they actually had to, it took them an hour and a half longer to get to Boonville because they had to divert through a different, to get to a charging station to charge it because they didn't have it. He didn't, it's, it's not his car. So he didn't have it. It wasn't fully charged when he got it and he didn't have a charging station at home. So he had to go find a charging station. And I was just talking to him when he got back and, I was like, dude, how did you enjoy the Teslas? Because I love Teslas. I think they're just so cool. Um, technology is so cool. And I was like, how'd you like it? He's like, I did not. 
I did not at all. Uh, he's like, I'll never be buying, <laughs> you know, one of these things. And then he was like, the thing that sucks too. Uh, he's like all the windows in the top of it made this car like a greenhouse and I could never get it cooled off to, uh, to be comfortable. I was like, damn, that sucks. But they had to divert through Grenada yeah. to get to Boonville, which if I know a lot of our listeners are probably from Mississippi, you may understand that some of our listeners are not, but Boonville is like essentially Northeast or, and really you got to go East first, then North to get there from Jackson. And he had to totally go the opposite direction to get to a charging station to charge it to go. So it's and I was like, that sucks. So it's completely inconvenient. And that's, that's my point. Right. It's, it's long been my point. So, and I'm not even into the whole weather, what, what the whole climate change debate and all that stuff. I'm, I'm probably a agnostic as it pertains to that. But the one thing that doesn't work is you can't, you can't make decisions based on a utopia. And we're doing that a lot in our country. And, and, I I believe the pushback is coming. We'll see. I mean, I we've talked about that a lot. I mean, there's there's an election there's an election in less than three months. Yeah, that people have been pointing at for a while, and I I think it's I think it's going to be an indictment. We'll see if if it if if it's not, then maybe more people are satisfied with the direction of where we're going than others. And at some point, you have to suck it up and and get on with it. But yeah, the, I mean, we will. The we will see of, uh, the, the pain of $6 gas prices is, is would be immense. Yeah. Well, and you started to see a little bit of a, a little bit of an upheaval and just some, you know, I saw that Liz Cheney, uh, they were expecting her to lose her, her seat, but by the amount that she lost was, was unexpected. I don't know if that's the, you know, the canary in the coal mine, as they say, or if, um, you know, if, or if you just say, Hey, that was a one-off thing, but, um, there may be enough really pissed off people to, to make a, a big wave, a big movement. Yeah. I mean, look, U S home sales declined for the six straight months. Um, there, there, there's, you know, not everything is, there's a lot of people that are upset about the whole climate and they, they disguise it was a climate bill. I mean, they called it, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, but it that probably it, will actually increase inflation. It did nothing to reduce inflation. No, it'll probably increase it. And people are people are pushing back. And as some of the COVID data comes in, and some of the some of the some of the alphabet people are are, are walking their stances back. People are irritated at that, understandably. And as that happens, and you're going to see you're going to see pushback. Bottom yep. line, simple as that. All right, yeah, we are going to stop there. We're approaching cool. as we for us it's the eleven o'clock hour. We've been doing this for almost fifty some odd minutes now, so we'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, hit the stop button. Thanks to everyone for uh, for being with us again. Uh, it's mypinwealth.com, m y p i n n wealth.com. Do us a favor, tell a friend. Um, our numbers are growing. We appreciate that. Tell a friend, and um, especially if you like the show, tell them about it. Make sure that they know that this is there on MPW Digital each and every week. So for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Talk to you next week on Mind on My Money. Bye. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.